Get ready to meet a powerhouse because that is who Kimberly Lee Miner is. She's currently the president at Bandier, but she's also run her own company and held key positions at Macy's. She shares her point of view on how she's navigated her career and what can make a difference as you navigate yours. I'm Vivian. This is Happy to Be Here, and here's my conversation with Kimberly. I'm really pumped to be on this morning with Kimberly Lee Miner. When I first got the email kind of pitching you and, and telling me a little bit about you, I was so impressed with like your career trajectory and the decisions that you've made to end up where you are. So I am going to be asking all of those kind of questions because I just think it's so awesome to to hear that. But I would love for people to get to know you from you first. So can you introduce yourself? Sure, absolutely. Hi, everyone. I'm Kimberly Lee Miner, and um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a I'm a, a businesswoman, a, an executive, I'm a, a, a creative, a mom, a wife, a woman, a really active member of my community, and an advocate for women and people of color. Um, and it's so impressive because I feel like your career trajectory, if we wanted to kind of work in reverse, where you ended up now in a more leadership position in a corporate environment came directly from your entrepreneurial experience beforehand and that's so cool because it it shows how much you can kind of go between both experiences that's so important to bring that up because um i talk about that a lot i meet i meet young women who um like they'll they'll see stuff podcast i do or they've seen me speak or something i've written and they're like oh my god i want to be you what's that path and um it's like, well, it's not a direct path. You know, you have to live life and you have to be open to the opportunities that might present themselves that don't always feel or or you think, oh, that's not going to just keep moving me up. Um, and and I, I think that's super important. You know, I started my career in Macy's executive training program um, while I was going to grad school. And it was all, I mean, Vivian, it, it was not a planned path at all. My plan for my career was to be um, the next Oprah, right? For lack of better way of saying it, I wanted to, um, I was gonna start with radio and I did radio all through college. I had my own radio show, Kim Jones. I just thought that was the trajectory for my, my career. Like I'm going to do radio and then I'm going to get into TV and I'm going to, and I, as I was interviewing and, and meeting more people in that space, of course we didn't have the idea of me too then, but it, it was a real thing. And I had to do some soul searching. Like, would I be willing to put up with harassment all day? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to to build a career or not? And was I willing to do some of the other things to advance? Mm -hmm. Being a competitive person, I always wanna win, right? Would I be willing to do these things to win? And, and the answer quite frankly was no. Mm -hmm. And so then I felt lost because I had no idea. I was like, well, I've been talking, like this has been my plan. I have no idea what I'm gonna do. And I tried different things. You know, I worked at a modeling agency, selecting models. I did like different stuff. Um, and I was on 
I was in campus, I was on campus in the career office. And every time I would go through the career office, there was a recruiter from Macy's and he stopped me every time I walked. And I was like, could you please stop? I have no interest in retail because all I knew about retail was you work in stores. Like I had no idea where the product came from or anything. And he, he said, but you're so interesting. And the way you interact with people, like I watch it all and mm-hmm. you've got this fashion sense and you do kind of, the, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it has nothing to do with retail. I'm not trying to be a fashion designer. And so long story longer, he broke me down finally. And he was like, just take the test. All I'm asking, just take the test. And so I did, and I actually scored extremely well. And I said, but I've never had a retail class, retail merchandise. Like, I don't know anything about that. And he's like, doesn't matter. He said, people like you who seem to be of people can create those connections to understand your customer. And at the end of the day, to be a successful um, leader and contributor in retail at some of the highest levels, it's the understanding of how do you advocate for the consumer? How do you tell a story with product? You wanted to tell a story. Like that's what, you're, that's what you wanted your career to be. Here's another way of doing it. And I haven't looked back. You know, it was the best advice I ever received. And I went through Macy's executive tra- training program, had the most amazing boss. My first boss set the stage for who I was going to become as a, an executive in retail and who I was as a leader. And I've had an incredible opportunity to have two other people come in my life who were like that as leaders. And um, I just say that so that people don't underestimate your influence. You know, um, my first boss, she wasn't, she wasn't a traditional retailer either. She mm-hmm. had had a brownie business for many years and decided she that's wanted so cool. to get into something <laughs> different. And what was great about her is that there were no old ideas because she hadn't been stuck in that space. And so anything I asked, she's like, I don't know, but let's find out together. And so I, I, I learned a lot about all the other parts of the business because if I wanted to try something new, she said, well, let's find out who you need to talk to which also is something I I think is really important for people to understand. The job you do, the job you're hired for, doesn't mean that that's the only thing you should be looking at if you really are interested in growing your career. Because you never know who's seeing you, experiencing what you bring to the table and where the next opportunity is gonna come from. But it's, it's an agency that I encourage other people, young people especially, to have. And it's not an arrogance, it's an agency because you have to put the work in. I love that definition. And I feel like it's so cool too to hear you have both the clarity of mind of like, this is what I am manifesting for myself and this is where I'm trying to lead myself, you know, as a 20 something to where you are now president of a brand. Um, But then also the flexibility to know that that path that you didn't know how that was going to happen. You knew that that was where you were going to go, but how you were going to get there was anyone's guess. That's exactly right. And that's why, that's why I bring it up because I, it's the, it's the um, belief 
you know, when you bet on yourself and really bet on yourself, like don't just say it because it's a t-shirt, like really <laughs> bet on yourself. And that means the mistakes, the wins, what you learn when you bet on yourself and give yourself, like I said, the agency and the freedom to see what it, where you want to go, talk to people, ask questions, be curious. I think curiosity is number one. Like you be curious. How do, how do you do what you do and how does it work? And where would that work in the path of where I think I want to go? Oh yeah, no, that doesn't work. Oh, but this does. I want to know more about that. Be open to that. And sometimes you're not going to make more money, right? Strategically, if it's time to move on because you see, okay, I've done enough here that's, and there's nothing left here for me to do that's going to continue to get me, to take me on this path where I want to go, then you can move on. And sometimes moving on is going to give you experience. It might not give you the higher title. It might not give you more money, but it's going to give you the experience, the complement what you already have to keep you moving forward. And I, and I think that oftentimes people are afraid to do that. Or, and I say strategically, um, because I also meet people who do it too frequently and it's not strategic. They just move and take different opportunities. But when you look at it, it's not really getting them anywhere. It's kind of getting them in the circle. And so those, those are the um, important questions to ask before you make those, make those moves. Um, but, you know, just going back to state of mind, I grew up with parents who, um, you know, they were born in the late 30s and um, were the eldest of the, the children couldn't, didn't have the opportunities that they afforded me, you know, um, but were really intelligent, smart people who did well in spite of obstacles they might've had. And they always taught me that, um, you know, you have to own your stuff. They said the real word, but you have to own your stuff <laughs> and be accountable for who you are. And we make choices in life. That is what life is all about, really making choices as you make those choices, be accountable and understand that as a woman of color, when you walk in the room, there's going to be a tax. Know, know that. Don't use it to be a victim. Just know that. So then show up in the room, in the room kicking the door down so that you are seen for what you bring, but know that you have to have three extra bags with you of experience and success um, to just be in that room. And it's a burden and it's still a burden in 2022, it's going to be in 2023. Um, but if you know that when you show up, don't have a chip on your shoulder, just, you know, show up, do what you have to do so that the person coming behind you doesn't have to work as hard, but always leave with people saying, damn. <laughs> she did that. Mm -hmm. Damn. Right. And so that's how I was raised. 
And that's how I show up. And I'm not, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I don't show up with an attitude. I, sh- I show up with that expectation, which is unfortunate that we have to do that, but I do show right. up with that expectation. And, and so having that expectation gives you extra energy mm-hmm. because you know what you have to do. How does that feel now as you, I don't want to say check the box, but like you, you met the goal you set for yourself at, you know, 20 something and here you are. And you're still walking in these rooms and that's still a conscious thought, but you're also simultaneously living this dream of like, this is the, being a president of a brand was the, was the, the goal or the thing that you were working towards. Yeah. Well, you know, I had to kiss a lot of corporate frogs before I got here. Right. And the last situation I was in was probably the worst, which I I was totally shocked because it was between 2016 and 2018. But I realized who I had become as a person, as a woman, as a professional. And we didn't part ways uh, well, but when I left, I went back to school. Um, I went to Wharton to do their, you know, their executive um, MBA, freshen up, whatever it's called. I forget. So I did that for leadership and, and management, and then I went to I took uh, Stanford Business um, Grad School, organizational excellence, inclusion, and equity. Because I was like, okay. I've been dealing with this for a long time and I've been opening doors and then I leave and those people are not treated the way they should be. Cause I'm not there. Now I'm in, I was in this jacked up situation that was all about this culture does not respect women of color. Okay. So I'm no longer in that culture. What the hell am I going to do to make a difference? I've been trying and I've been making small differences, but how am I going to really, impact these industries and so for a moment i was like does it matter if i'm the president of a a corporate company like i know that's what i want it to be and so i started very quickly with clients because people knew my you know my reputation but they were super shocked because the company that I founded, Bumbershoot, offered interim C-suite leadership. But the primary focus was using cultural insights to ensure that companies had practices and processes that were inclusive and that they, they focused on diversity. So that when you bring people in, you're not checking the box. Your culture is not this culture that's set over here. And, oh, everyone who doesn't look like all the people who are mm-hmm. over here have to fit in. And so people are like, oh, I thought you would just do, you know, like merchandising or business leadership. And I said, no, this is too important. And so I had lots of clients. <laughs> Some of the, and most interestingly is that the company that I had last worked for, who I was like, this is some deal. They're probably one of my largest clients. 
and right, right. And that's how the world works. And that's how the world works. Mm-hmm. But that's how I met the owners of Bandier because they had a, a woman working for them um, who had worked, we had worked together earlier in our careers. And they were, Neil and Jen, who are the founders of Bandier, are probably the most authentic people you'll ever meet in this industry. Like who you meet is who you meet, right? They are just, you know, and they're very open with, if we, well, we don't know what we don't know. And their culture had been considered the culture of skinny Upper East Side white girls. And so this person who had worked with me, um, she was HR and, and uh, culture. And she was like, I want you to meet my friend Kimberly. Um, because she has the background to do anything you need to do in this business. But she's always been a leader who was purpose-driven. And, and now that she's done all this, I think having her come in, talk to you, talk to the team, help build a strategy to, to, to change the culture to the culture you say you want um, is what you're looking for. And so long story longer, I met them. And um, that, was, that was how I became associated with Bandier. And so um, I spoke to their team. I did a keynote uh, speech. Their, their team members started reaching out to me. I, I, uh, I started um, coaching some of their leaders. Uh, there were different projects um, in that space of how to create this dynamic um, and inclusive work environment, right? Because that's the only way you're going to grow your business. Because there are only so many Upper East Side skinny girls, mm-hmm. right? Like, yes. you gotta, right? You've got an incredible brand. Mm-hmm. How do we grow it? And so uh, it, it was a slow get to know you while I had you know, several other con- uh, clients. And um, I guess maybe not quite a year ago. No, it wasn't. It was probably the fall. I was home with the flu and um, Neil called me because there was a board member board meeting. CFO needed to prepare a board book. Um, and he needed some help. And so he took the information he had prepared, just kind of ripped it up in different ways and rewrote it and gave it back to him. And, and the board was like, wait, who did this? Because this is so different than what we've been getting. <laughs> And so then they wanted to meet me. Mm -hmm. I I spent some time with the board and we were at a point where there had not been, I mean, you know, Neil had been leading, but they realized they needed someone with a lot of real experience to really come in and be a compliment to Neil and Jen and to start making some changes for a, a growth trajectory. And after spending lots of time with the board, um, the offer came, you know, would you, would you be the president of the company? Jen and Neil feel like you're, they trust you. They know you, they know what you can bring to the table. And quite frankly, it's been many, many years before they were even willing to entertain that. And, uh, and you understand 
you know, what I said is I'm not trying to take over your company. Mm -hmm. You're the founders. You came up with this. Fashion, fitness, music, that is hot. <laughs> but so many people have come into this business and wanted to change it into something that was very, I don't know, pedestrian, right? Like they didn't know what to do with fashion, fitness, and music. I'm like, you can't move without music, right? Like, why isn't that bigger part of it? Who who, who doesn't want to look good all the time, right? Mm -hmm. like, and it's not fitness like you're a gym rat. It's like you're an active woman. Like, how do we create this incredible experience with the most curated assortment. Jen spent most of her career in the music industry. We should have amazing mixtapes by her. Like all these ideas just start like, and so as of February uh, 2nd, I took the reins as president. It feels um, very full circle, not in the way of your trajectory only, but just in that your whole ethos and personal mission is rooted on how do you bring like your whole self, right? Like knowing that in some rooms that means bringing four extra bags with you, but like it's always bringing your whole self without less. And then bringing that into a, bringing your expertise and that creative mind, not just the, the corporate side of things, but just also the like, how do we make this fun, right? For the consumer side of things, how do we build a company that is so, foundationally sound that like the consumer just thinks we're just so fun on their end and that it doesn't feel as like tight and it's so cool because it feels full circle in that you because you're being able to bring your full self you're then facilitating their ability to, for them to bring their full self and then that goes back to the consumer and it's kind of like this really wonderful circular motion on just like yeah like everyone wants to feel good I mean matching sets and on a treadmill is what gets me to the treadmill. So it's like there are things there that feel so intrinsic to like just a lifestyle as a point right now. Yeah, it's it's important and 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 you make an incredible point that I think sometimes people lose sight of. Mm -hmm. The consumer, the, the 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 customer. You know, we we become really important to ourselves. <laughs> You know, especially in the corporate setting and that, oh, we know so much. We know we're we're just going to look at these reports and we're going to decide what goes out there. And that is just so short-sighted and silly because it's customer first. We should be consumer and customer advocates through the lens of the brand that you represent. Right. And it's it shouldn't be the other way around because it's not going to work that way. And the only way to do that is to be open to meeting people, talking about the brand, understanding what they love, understanding what they hate. Like, I think that's even more important. Like what what. Right. And 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 that's why, to me, curiosity is so important. You know, you should always ask why. Why? If from this conversation only, which is a very <laughs> insular 34 minutes. Um, it seems like why has been that catapulting question that takes you to your next thing. It's like whether you're asking yourself, like, why am I still here? Or why am I wanting to go where I want to go next? Or from within those organizations, like, why are we doing it this way? Why can't we do it that way? Okay. Um, and I think that that's something that gets really scary to ask when you don't have a strong sense of intuition and moral guidance. Like, I, that's also been something that surfaced through this conversation. Like, your sense of, like, North Star 
is so clear and mm-hmm. as I'm 29 and I've had to ask myself many questions along the way of like my short career this far and and it's scary sometimes like you said like those moments of like wait am I doing what I'm supposed to be like where do I want to go next what does this want me to look like and it's been so even from just this has been such a great learning experience of like wait like there's so much possibility in that why and you you approach it with such a positivity too I can do that now, but I also want to just be really honest, right? It takes time to really be able to sit in that why comfortably. And, um, you know, I tell this, the stories and there's so many of them because I've been doing this for so long, but there are moments of anxiety. You know, there were, there were, uh, situations where I'm like, I need a therapist. Like, I need to find time to talk through this because I'm feeling, I'm not feeling like myself. Like, I don't even know who I am when I look in a mirror because of those changes that we have to go through. And we, and if we don't have these types of conversations, Vivian, where people see, people see us on a big stage. Right. I meet people and I'm just like, hi, I'm, you know, and they're like, oh my God, you're Kimberly Minor. Like, oh, stop. Like, seriously, I'm just, I'm just like you. I've just lived mm-hmm. longer. Right. <laughs> um, but my path hasn't always been easier. I remember when I had my kids, right. And um, I had to make choices that my counterparts weren't making choices. You know, I, I, t- I tell the story frequently. I mean, recently I was pregnant when I was at Foot Locker with my first son and that was after four miscarriages. Right. And so I was very careful. You know, my doctor was very careful and my son was prematurely born by seven weeks. And um, so I hadn't planned to be out of the office, right. Cause he was born the day that childbirth classes were supposed to start. But I continued, like I took like two weeks and then I said to my team, well, just meet me at the apartment because I lived on the Upper West Side, right? Like come. And so I kept it going because I felt bad because I was like, I wasn't planning to be out for seven weeks and we have projects and it was planned, but it doesn't work, you know? And at one point I'm meeting with my, um, my boss at my apartment and he's like, are you planning to come back? And I said, well, yeah, cause why would I be working? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, because, and this was a leader, large, a, a really important person in the company, won't say any names. He said, oh, well, you know, when gals have babies, they don't normally come back. And so I had been planned a promotion because I had taken my division from $250 million to $850 million. And that promotion was given to someone who didn't give birth. And so, you know, you go through something when stuff like that happens, right? It's not an easy thing. Um, And when I was offered the next role at another company, my boss was gone and someone else had come in and it was a vice president role at the time I was a director. 
And the, when I resigned, the person I resigned to was like, they're not giving you a vice president's role. And I, I said, well, why would I lie about that? I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. What, what are we talking about? I just don't believe, you know, you're a young, young woman with a baby. Why would mm -hmm. they give you a vice president? And so when I talk about the challenges or I talk about the journey, it's not that clean cut. Like those are, those are challenges that are real. Those are some of the bags you have to carry. And then you add on top of it, you know, the expectations when you walk into a room and they see the color of your skin or you're the angry black woman. Right. And so I have consciously made that decision that I'm not, but I'm also not going to be the one who smiles all the time and lets you step all over me. So you're going to be very clear on where I'm coming from, but I'm never going to be the spectacle. This is a large question. How do you get to a place where like that is something that you morale wise, life wise, put the, a foot in front of the other and say like, I just got to keep going. Like I just, there is, I need help while I'm going on that path, right? Whether it's therapy, whatever it may be. Um, but I need to be able to do this for me. Um, uh, it's a great question and there are different phases to the, mm -hmm. to the answer honestly um, there have been times where I didn't know if I could do that like I was just so physically and mentally exhausted that I just had to step off like I was like I just have to totally step off and take the time that I need so that I can be 100% back on. So what, what did stepping off look like? So this is, you know, I uh, left and I just, there would be days I just like sit in the room and kind of just think for hours. Like I never, I'm not a person to sit that long, right? But I was <laughs> like, I'm going to sit here and just kind of, cleanse my brain mm -hmm. right and then uh after a little bit of that i talked to my doctor and i was like okay this is really uncomfortable and i'm in such a barn space right now but i've got to get back to kimberly or I, you know and not because i need to do it for anybody other than myself and and my initial thoughts vivian when i was feeling like something's not right was that oh but i I have become this person, right, professionally. I, and, and I'm also this person personally, like I support my family in this way. I support my kids in this way. I've got to be this, this, I've got to be on, like I don't have time to take off. And, and it got to the place where I was like, if I don't step off, I can't even serve anybody. And so um, I took some time at, uh, I went to, um, this is probably going to sound really uh, bougie, but I went to Canyon Ranch in Miraval and they have programs specifically for that. And while I was at those places, like I met the most incredible women who were at the same stage in their career. And what's crazy is that the majority of them, while there were some attorneys and some other professions, the majority of those women were in retail and fashion. <laughs> it was crazy, but we were all at this stage, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I did that. And then 
I, I really spent a lot of time with the therapist and figuring out how to rest and, and get it back. And, and I got tools. So I have a toolbox that I know when I'm starting to get to that state, so I don't go all the way. I know how to handle different situations differently. Um, but that happened over, you know, a, a matter of years. But I had to take that. I had to take that time. And, um, you know, burnout is real. And I, and I talk about it and I'm not, you know, some people are really ashamed to have that conversation that, look, I had to step off. I, I'm not because it's real. And I think people need to have permission to do what you have to do to get yourself back in, you know, your, your best state. You know, listening to you right now, I got like tear at an emotional because I talked to a lot of people in the space. I've been in the mental health space since the beginning of my career. I've always been talking about either grief or just mental health in general and in different capacities, interviewing different people. Um, and I tend to see the the breadth of those experiences. And, and I'll be honest, a lot of people who are very open about talking about their mental health, Gen Z is really great at it. Like that is, they grew up in a world where that is just so second nature that they just do it. And yeah. I'm a millennial and, and that demographic even coming up on social media talking about this, I was very, I was like an outlier, right? Like I was noteworthy for the fact that I was talking about anxiety because no mm. one else was talking about it mm. because this generation was learning as they went. And now it becomes a, a very, self-care feels like a very popular thing, but it wasn't like eight years ago, right? Mm. And, but because of that, that, to me, this feels like such a special conversation because I hope anyone who's listening, I think sometimes they'll look at like younger generations and say, well, like they're doing it because they're like 16, 17, 18, and they can talk about that stuff. Um, but you're at like the pinnacle of like the dream that you wanted and you're talking back about how much of getting there required pauses and rest and like redefining rest and like figuring out what you needed as a person, not just what the companies you were serving needed or the family you were serving needed. And that feels so cool. And I just want to thank you for that because I don't I don't hear it at that level in that way in that authentic of a way often. Mm -hmm. And I think that those are the conversations like you just said that move the needle where someone who's on that on a similar path on their own path can feel like wait, like I am not strange or worse at my job or bad as a human for wanting to take mm -hmm. Pause. I also don't think it's bougie. I think that mental health and like being able to afford the things that we can afford like my family is an immigrant family, first generation here. And like the luxury that I'm able to afford therapy or things like that is like may seem bougie in, in certain circles in their eyes. But it's yeah. like, that is what, that's the American dream. <laughs> like to be able to be a, a, a balanced human is the American dream. And I get to redefine that. So I think it's great that you were able to do that. Well, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not, it's, um, you know, it's such an interesting thing because I feel so strongly, Vivian, that we have to help ourselves, right? Like we have to help ourselves and we have to be open to other people who want to help us. But no one, like if you're a dead weight and you're not helping yourself, no one can lift you, right? It has to come from some desire. And sometimes we can't get all the way there we need help. And I just want to be 
like and, and, and you know speaking generationally I cannot emphasize it enough and and this is just this is Kimberly so anyone listening this is my perspective you make such a good point when you talk about Gen Z is very open to having those conversations millennials are getting used to it X We don't talk about it. We don't talk about anything. If there is anything going on personally, you have to leave it at, in the parking lot, right? And when you bring it up, like people are very uncomfortable. I don't have a problem talking about it, right? It's part of life. And self-care is what you make it. Doesn't mean I do yoga every day. Doesn't mean I have to make it work. But the message I want to give to Gen Z is that Self-care, mental health, physical health, advancement, that's all part of life, right? They're not on separate spectrums. It's part of life. We're all a part of those pieces. Yeah, and like if you think about it too, this whole conversation as we begin to wrap up um, is we don't know what we don't know about cultures and workspaces, about how to make things, like there's so much to learn but there's so much to learn. If if there's so much to learn about ourselves on any given day, at any given moment in time, we need to be able to apply that same grace, like you just said, to the fact that, like, what do I know about the next person next to me? Like, what do I know about what, how they're seeing the world? Like, I can't tell you I know 100% who I am. So I definitely don't know what, like, the next person over is. And I think that if we are able to take that step back and be really, you've mentioned this a couple of times too, like, not have ego be a part of the equation and understand that like we we can approach things with curiosity and still hold on to our morals, still hold on to our values, still hold on to what's important to us without jeopardizing any of that. Like all of that is possible and still feeling very graceful for the fact that everyone is on their own journey. I so I, I say this a lot. So mm-hmm. if people are listening and they've heard me speak, I apologize in advance. <laughs> but um don't judge me by the cha- don't judge me as a book by the mm-hmm. chapter you walk in on. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful sentiment. That's it. That's gonna sit with me for a while. And I think that's a really good way to end the conversation. And Kimberly, honestly, best hour of my week. Thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself on this and so much wisdom. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. I'll add all of the wisdom Kimberly shared to my show notes on vivnunez.com. And if you can, rate, review, or share Happy to Be Here with a friend. It goes such a long way as we continue to build up the community. I'll catch you next Thursday with a new conversation.